Happy New Year and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen and Happy New Year. Karen, introduce our topics today. You've chosen an excellent one for the month of January. Mm -hmm. Five mini shows on patterns. Why we have them, a whole variety of topics for the five weeks. Maybe we won't mention all five topics this morning. Why don't we just dive right into our first one for everybody? Sure. But I, I wanted to mention, because you, you had brought this up, the intention at looking at patterns as opposed to bombarding people with more resolutions and ideas of, of those kinds of goals. That's what the guides said last night. Okay. And when I was doing yoga this morning, I asked the guides what they would like to help people with. And... I, when they first started talking about the patterns, I thought this is really interesting because they're not referring to them as resolutions. They're talking about what we do in a lifetime and what we do from life to life. Cool. So the patterns that we carry with us from relationship to relationship, they're who we are. And it's not about blaming the other person. It's about the self-responsibility and how the guides came through to encourage and support people in becoming self-responsible beings. I love it. Yeah, I, me I too. I live for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So the first topic that you brought up is recognizing patterns. Yeah. Right? And we talk a lot about this in Coffee with the Sarlos, as well as Sips of Sanity. And now we're just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Okay. So first thing you need to know is what your patterns are. And that mm -hmm. involves self-assessment. And you bring up one really great point in a lot of your, your sessions on how people can catch themselves in their patterns. Yeah, the guides showed me one day a voice recording because everybody has these cell phones. So could they ask for permission? It's not to say that you go about doing it behind somebody's back. The point in breaking a pattern is to let people know, if you choose to, if you trust them, that you're trying to become self-aware. This isn't about catching them. It's about your own self-awareness. So if you have permission, use your cell phone to voice record. And I always suggest that you pick maybe five minutes max. Don't go for an hour coffee or a two or three hour conversation. Chances are you're never going to go back and listen to that one. But if you pick five minutes, it's easy enough to sit in your car while you're driving someplace or while you're making a dinner or brushing your teeth to just put it on while you're getting ready in the morning or something and go over and over and over and listen to your voice recording. One of the first patterns the guides taught me to become aware of for myself was about interrupting other people in conversations. So could I take a pen and paper out, go back and re-listen to that five-minute conversation and count how many times I interrupted the other person. And then listen to it and count how many times they interrupted me. And this isn't for comparison of pointing fingers, like That's you said. Right. This is just simply to notice our patterns, and I'll say in our culture, where it's become acceptable or unquestioned. Yeah, to talk over somebody, to talk while they're speaking which is the same thing, just not everybody understands talking over, to interrupt, to raise your voice, to criticize or demean, to jump in with humor. A lot of people interrupt another someone else's conversation or train of thought with humor and think it's completely acceptable because 
the result is funny. I want to point out too that some people will interrupt and the person who's being interrupted will continue to talk over. Mm-hmm. And there there becomes this very neat battle for control because it's like I'm going to finish my sentence and the other person's interrupted basically saying I'm going to finish your sentence. And neither one of them have the emotional intelligence to pause and say, sorry, you go. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the biggest compliments we receive about our podcast show is how kind we speak to one another Mm -hmm. and that this doesn't happen. Well, it's, I, I love that you're pointing that out because it simply means that there's respect, that there's an understanding that you're going to be heard. And so if you're interrupting and the other person is interrupting, there is a pattern there that has created a high level of anxiety in the person who's doing the interrupting. And this may come right back to a childhood where these are the dynamics of the family. If I don't interrupt, I won't be heard. I won't be heard, seen, valued. My existence doesn't has any meaning to anybody right and so all of a sudden in every small conversation that isn't even as important that is the underlying fear if I'm not heard valued and seen every single time every every conversation my existence is unworthy I find this neat because we can interrupt for different reasons and in different ways. And what you're, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, what you're getting at is some people will interrupt with nonsensical conversation. They're not really adding to the conversation. It's fluff or it's irrelevant even. Or it's so much detail that that you lose the point. The person just wants to be the speaker. It's good. I like that. Because if they speak, they feel important. And so the underlying fear is I'm not important if I'm not speaking. That there's no value in being the listener. Yes. Okay. Can you talk to us about some other tools in order to recognize bad patterns? Because we're going to get into different reasons and other tools as well um, in order to help yourself break unfortunate and unserving patterns. Oh, I like how you say unfortunate and unserving. So those might be two of the questions in a self-assessment. Is this self-serving to interrupt? That's just one pattern we've picked today for people. If you're listening to this and wondering why we're talking so much about one pattern, I think it's a really relevant one because broadcasters do it now. It's on talk shows where they all talk all all over each other. You could have five of them on a panel and they're all talking at the same time. And so people think now that that's the cool thing to do. It isn't in any way, shape, or form. It's exhausting. Absolutely. But if you see that and you think, well, they're on TV and that's how they do that now. They talk over each other. They raise their voice. One, they, they keep, like you said, they keep talking even if someone else is interrupting them to keep their point going. So the camera will stay on them. I think that poor camera person must just be going crazy trying to figure out who to follow. A self-assessment is very important. It raises your emotional intelligence, which we're going to cover on in another show. But at this point, when you're looking at who you are and a pattern that you might like to break in your life, 
you're going to have to be able to have some idea of how to watch yourself or notice what you feel. And this may scare the poop out of you. Because noticing how you feel if you have anxiety may increase your anxiety at first. But you might notice that after a little piece of time, maybe four or five days of practicing it, you might notice that as you're you're, you're noticing your own anxiety increasing, that if you just give it a moment, it'll decrease. I think that's very challenging for a lot of people because even when the word anxiety is used, they can't self-identify with it. And they might say, no, I'm not anxious. I'm stressed all the time, but I'm not anxious. And they're synonymous. They're the same. Well, Kelly, remember at the last medium or even an evening with mediums when you asked the lady if she had anxiety and she said no, but that she was always stressed out? Yes, you don't need to remind me. <laughs> that was that was a tough night. But you're making a good point yeah. in that people don't know if there's a difference between those two words. Um, and they could be they could deny one or the other, not yeah. understanding that the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or that they're actually feeling that. I remember a client just about a week ago sat down. I said, you have extremely high levels of stress. It's 24 hours a day. You, you sleep stress. And she said, hmm, I, I, I think you're wrong about that because I'm just stressed all the time. <laughs> I, was like, I think that would make me 100% right. <laughs> yes. But do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Ab- yeah. About the, the at 100% admitting it, denying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I switch? Yeah. Because we've, we've been talking about self-assessment and I want to just bear with me for a moment. I want to say that a self-assessment can also be asking another person for feedback. The self part is when you're able to take the feedback and reflect on it, to oh. ask yourself if there is truth to it, to observe, like you said, with other tools once you've taken that feedback to see if that is something that you consistently do. I think this is really important because if you're engaged in a relationship with a gaslighter, they're going to try and point out patterns that you don't have. They might say you're a forgetful person and you're not, but they're gaslighting you. So it's very, very important that you ask people that are truthful. And that that might be a challenge. Because if you're in a relationship and you think, oh, my wife is my person, but she's your gaslighter, then you're going to the very person who wants to confuse you and you're asking for clarity. Yep. You want someone who's truthful and kind. Mm-hmm. And yes. Who... Wait a minute. I yep. liked what you said. You said kind. Yeah, because a lot of people say, well, I'm a straight up person and I just tell it like it is. That doesn't make you a truthful person. That makes you mean. When someone delivers a real truth to you, they do it with kindness, with the intention of helping you be better, of loving you, of helping and seeing you through the difficult part of it. Not just to throw it in your face and say, I'm truthful. And they stick around to watch you grow through it. And celebrate with you. And encourage you. So if a person isn't doing those things, they're the gaslighter or they're the bully. Another form of assessment I think is very, very necessary, especially if you have a gaslighter or if you're the narcissist yourself listening to this, is professional assessment. Yeah. Um, Because a professional will have to listen to you 
and help you by hearing the patterns come through. They'll, they will be the ones to ask you questions and then be a wonderful listener to hear the patterns that underlie it. And, and that will be key for the people who are the people pleasers, the bullies, the narcissists, um, the gaslighters. Th that's important to hear because if you have any of those qualities and you try and do a self-assessment, you're going to really struggle. And I hope people who are people pleasers will listen to that too. We need to wrap up today, but I want to tell people, if you didn't identify with the examples that we've given today, we will be listing other types of bad patterns or mm -hmm. unfortunate, however you want to word that, throughout the other shows. So stay with us um, because we all have bad patterns that we, we need to address and break and readdress throughout the years due to different circumstances. So this is just meant to help you have tools so that you can be in healthy relationships and that extends to coworkers, bosses in the workplace as well. So this is relevant to all areas of life. Absolutely. Okay. So mm -hmm. thank you for today. Mm -hmm. um, stay tuned for tomorrow. We'll be talking about emotional intelligence with regards to breaking patterns. Mm -hmm. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful Monday and Happy New Year.